Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Lance from the Night Nerd Network. You can find me and all of our shows by just looking for The Night Nerd anywhere in the internet land. Cool. And today on Man of Steel, we're talking about minute number 65. And it starts with uh, more people around the world receiving Zod's message. And then the minute ends with Zod uh, basically trying to get the world to out Kal-El for him. So uh, the minute starts with us seeing um, different parts of the world receiving General Zod's message. Um, And like we said in yesterday's minute, it's not really anywhere super popular like we don't see the message over uh you know the eiffel tower or tokyo tower or new york city times yeah like somewhere in like like berlin or like you know dubai or anything um these are like almost like just really indigenous regions and uh, like is he just trying is Zack snyder trying to answer some question like some like do they have tvs out there yeah (laughs) like some nerd was like well, how how do people in like near the Himalayas? How do they get the message? It's like, <laughs> oh, they have TVs out there too. We'll just put a scene in to to answer that one real quick, to like shoot that down. Yeah. Um, because it's like I guess like yeah, if they did show like people in like the capital of Tokyo or you know like Tokyo, like people would just like seeing the message would be like, well, yeah, they would see it. Like, there's no surprise there. So it just kind of seems like like you said, uh, Lance, in yesterday's minute, like it would almost seem like a waste of film to to do something like that that's just kind of like all right we could have just assumed that but like i guess this to show that people all around the world even i don't know you didn't show the amazon so like how did the people there see it you know maybe they didn't well no yeah they didn't (laughs) but did that well like did the amazons see it not just people of the amazon but the amazons uh, of paradise island the Themyscira. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they saw it. I don't even know if, uh, well, maybe their, their um, uh, what's it called? Their oracles, maybe they got it somehow. But, like, they they didn't get it through, like, Zod's message. They just, like, foresaw it or something. Or Like, Could how be. did, they, do the Atlanteans see it? Well, it goes back now. I was actually looking up. There's a bigger argument there. I said it way on early in, in this coverage of Man of Steel where, um, you know, obviously Aquaman sent those whales to go save Cal. So Which I don't think anyone agrees with. Dude, <laughs> it's a whole thing on the internet. Look into it. It's real. I, yeah, um, I have seen that. I'll back you up. I'll back you up that it's a thing on the internet. Boom. Not that I agree with it, but that it's a thing <laughs> on the I'll agree it's All something right. on the internet. That's Do right. I actually agree with it? I don't know. That's um, good. All right, fair enough. But but yeah, so maybe I don't know. Do, do the Atlanteans have television? I don't well, think so. Here's my question: um, Did General Zod translate the message for each region? Is it region based? So he's like, "Oh, it's Chinese." Well, obviously they speak Mandarin. Like <laughs> he doesn't know where borders end. Like, I think he doesn't. Like, I, th- I don't know. Maybe Jaxer is up there, like working his magic and and whatnot. Because General Zod does say. Um, what does he say? He says that for for reasons unknown, he's he's managed to to hide himself or whatever he says. 
But how does he know that? Is he, when he was in Lunar Synchronous Orbit, was he like going on Optimus Prime style? Let me search the World Wide Web. Let me look up everything. Maybe there's no instance of a Kryptonian. Like, did he watch American television and he caught a glimpse of Frasier yeah. and Friends and and was like, oh, well, obviously Kal-El isn't a part of, you know, the Friends group. So obviously they don't know him. Maybe we should ask this Joey Tribbiani guy if he knows him because he's in television. We'll have like, to watch every episode of Seinfeld to see if he's in there. Exactly. So, like, I don't there, – there's bigger questions that I have well, in this minute. I think part of it um, – because, you know, we've – it's been established in the in the movie that Kryptonians have whatever technology is convenient for the situation. And, you know, with the dream sequencing or the dream communication or however you want to – that stuff um it's probably just talking to them and on it's playing the message but then i would say you know earlier we talked about you know do they communicate telepathically or how do aliens communicate and i think it's visually this well but no even the visuals change uh but i think it's almost a telepathic thing where he's communicating to them directly like person per person so if you had a room of people Mm -hmm. who you had this. This sounds like a bad setup for a joke, but a guy who only speaks Mandarin, a guy who only speaks English, a guy who only speaks Spanish, like they would, <laughs> they would hear and see it in their their respected in their native languages. You know, I think that's because uh, it's it's a temporal thing, not a actual physical announcement. It's just being portrayed that way, which I would love to see that explained. You know, if you are going to go all over the world have a throwaway line down the road where you know oh these humans it's so easy to get in their minds and have them hear what they want to hear or need to hear you know something like their their native tongues or like a, a child's language you know something like that yeah. that you could mm-hmm. do but it's like it, which um like what they should have done as as a shot would be so when like Jenny's phone changes here in this minute um, and it has a message as well it's like she should have been looking or like someone should have been looking at something um, that it was in English and then like showed it to another person and then it's showing to that guy in Spanish or something you know where it's like maybe that explains like it's just the way that you want to see it not not the way they want to see it but the way that Zod is able to communicate or Kryptonians are able to communicate with people is like, it's not just a television, just like, um, all right, we're in Brazil. So all the TVs are in Portuguese. Like, it's just like if I walked up to a TV and it was in English, but then I showed like a Korean person, then it would be in Korean. And it's the same TV. We're both looking at it at the same time. And it's just like, just how we're perceiving it. Like, that's how to me, like, that's what I believe. Like, that's what I think is going on. So maybe season. he's not sending it over television signals television you know waves but it's actually using the screens to port you know there's a giant satellite dish on the black zero that's just beaming down this message and it's like on maybe that was the whole point of her saying it's the on the rss feed and shows her phone like maybe it's on every single screen maybe it should jump back to the angry printer and it's on that screen (laughs) i uh you know yeah but like that line right there the rss feed that Again, why can't you just say it's on screens all over the world, you know, instead of yeah, showing all these screens like just, and then you're yeah. like, oh, no, it's on RSS feeds as well. Oh, well, because I was really worried if it was going to be on RSS, you know, 
yeah. Oh man, is it broadcasting? Everybody is everybody able to download it? Can you all get this? Like, it's just I don't know. Maybe I think it is like the. It, it's just the use of screens. Like, I mean, I know that they teach you in school now that if there was ever a an, an apocalyptic something that happened, you know, the next generation or the next species or whatever would think that we're worshiping these giant black screens that we have all over everywhere. So I think that was the way that maybe it is telepathically and it's not like radio or, or any t- sort of signal. Maybe it is like just the way that he uses like the dream sequence, the dream, the dream technology or whatever. So I think it is just to use the screens. I don't know, man. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? It's, it's uh, interesting. Whatever. whatever. I, I definitely, right. th- well, I don't know. I think it doesn't matter who's looking at the screen, it, like, it will perfectly register in your brain the way, like, it needs to, which I don't know how to explain that, but I just feel like that's what they did in this scenario. Um, but what about people who are, uh, like, deaf or blind, like, you know, visually or hearing impaired? Then, yeah, do they then get the, the message? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still audio. It's not just video. But if they're, if but they're then deaf, what if you got Helen Keller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Helen Keller exists in this universe, she's she's blind and deaf, right? Yeah. yeah. She used to braille. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just had to remember real quick. <laughs> Which two senses are out? Okay, those yeah. two. Um, um, then you know, just rushing water just hits her and it's, <laughs> it delays the message. Um, she checks her RSS oh, feed somehow, and she sees on Helen Keller's RSS feed that there's there's things here, so she's okay. Hmm. <laughs> God, I wish we didn't bring up Helen Keller. <laughs> now we gotta think. <laughs> oh, you gotta man. include everybody, Mark. You can't leave anybody. Yeah, out. right. PC, you gotta keep it PC. Um, I don't know how they all were able to receive the message. Um, I'm sure there's more ways that they were just doing, but they just focus on screens for some reason. Um, but, you know, he gets a message out. Why do we have, as an audience just accept it? Why? I mean, is it just is that how you can tell that something is being delivered in a good way, especially from a movie standpoint of view, that we just kind of accept it and just think, oh, yeah, cool. Well, do other people question these things? Is it just us by going minute by minute? I don't know. No, the... the you know, we've talked about there's all the, the filmmaking for dummies in these few minutes. And the showing of all the screens is basically the modern equivalent of a spinning newspaper. You know, it was back in the day that, oh, spinning newspaper, so this is a headline I need to know. Now it's, oh, there's people watching TV all over the world, so they all know. I mean, every movie does it. We talked about Independence Day. Bill and Ted did it. I mean, it's just yeah. how you unfortunately it's just like a again I don't know why they can't just have a throwaway line of saying it's all over the world or it's on every channel um but yeah it's just one of those things that uh Kevin Smith is the, to kind of sum up all the stuff we've talked about uh well not all the stuff but on the audio commentary for Dogma Kevin Smith talks about how in film school the first thing they teach you is the audience is dumb. That's why in Dogma, inside the house, there's those little um, pieces of paper on the vent. So when he turns the air conditioner on, you know air is coming through. But no house has. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking that Zack Snyder's like, hey, 
How do I let everybody know there's stuff going on all over the world? Oh, I'll show stuff all over the world. Because instead of just saying it, we'll use up, you know, eat up a minute of screen time to show that it's all over the world. And same thing with the, you know, the other things is he's just assuming that we're dumb in some scenarios and using the, but they're proven methods, so you can't argue with it, but using these, yeah. these methods to, to show what's going on. And I think that's, it's not that we necessarily accept it. It's just one of those like, oh, okay, that's, you subconsciously accept it because you're just, that's how things are. You know, it's just something in movies. Um, it's just something that we as a culture have come to accept is if something's important, everybody, because we are a connected world now, that everybody, yeah. you know, like I said, in the, back in the day, when, before the internet and a connected world, it was the spinning newspaper coming in on screen. And now it's just showing TVs all over the world. So that's, yeah. that's why they do it, I think. Maybe, right. uh, yeah. maybe it works because they're right. Maybe yeah. we are dumb. <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, if it works and it, you know, it works again and again, you know, I mean, some people don't like to realize, uh, maybe we are dumb and it just works. So, um, you know, but you know, besides that, (laughs) besides that I do like, you know, whether you have a problem with like the cinematic trope or not, I think they do a nice job with, you know, yeah, maybe we disagree with the whole screens thing and whatnot but they do a nice little camera shot of you know jenny olsen pointing at a computer screen and then jenny jerwich mark oh, jenny jerwich <laughs> uh gary gergich uh so he uh she's pointing at a computer it's like oh it's on the rss feed turns her phone over oh it's also on my phone and then it kind of pans out and zooms out and you know kind of nice camera movements so i kind of enjoyed that at least they, they do a nice job of making it nice to look at even though there's a ton of questions that you could we could do a whole thing just about this whole camera nonsense or just the screens and the general Zod's message and how he's getting it out there um but yeah you know finally he does say you know my name is general Zod uh so we've just been assuming this whole time it's general Zod but you know it's him um and we talked about whether he's talking about to Kal-El or you know he's talking to the people of Earth and I feel like he's really talking well he is talking to, to the people of Earth because he's trying to like find Kal-El and he's trying to you know like this guy's hiding among you um, and I don't know why he's chosen not to reveal himself but I want you to return him to my custody which doesn't sound too nice um, so he, he's I guess he's really trying to earn Earth's trust right now yeah uh, and trying to out Kal-El um, we see a couple shots of major characters throughout this film. Um, one being Cal L, which you know he he already knows who Zod is because as soon as he says my name is General Zod, Cal L is like, oh hey oh that's that dude my dad told me you know not to hang around with. <laughs> so like he he already knows who this is now. Um, we get another shot of Emil Hamilton who kind of I, th- I think he turns around to like look somewhere but or I, I don't know yeah i think so and he's like thinking i feel like he's thinking back to what he experienced in canada with the ship and all that and i think he's like connecting the dots a bit in his mind 
He's um, a smart man. Yeah, he's a smart man. And then we get to Swanwick, uh, who's totally just super focused on this. Um, and he's just staring at the at the screen. He's you know, again, he's I feel like he's got some wheels turning in his head. Um, maybe he's like, oh, you know, we've got another species coming. Like some maybe some maybe there's some Martian Manhunter you know stuff that you could pull from there. But I won't get too into it. Um, and then you also get Perry, who looks at Lois like, "Yo, I told you. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. This is on you, lady. I'm looking at you because you know you had this story, and I know exactly who they're looking for, and they're looking for that guy. You, you know, you were hunting down, you know, about a month ago. Yeah. So yeah, good old fashioned witch hunt on our hands, gentlemen. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, I d- I did write down that I do like the distorted image that it shows of Zod. Um, we saw it earlier in the movie where, like, that, that pilot of the attack ship had, like, that, you know, and we see it later on. Their their Kryptonian armor looks kind of, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, Promethean-esque, I think, is what we called it before, how it showed, like, the pilot, whatever, you know, showed the... The engineer suit. The engineer suit, Prometheus. yeah, there, there yeah. you go. So um, I do like that it showed that distorted image. It doesn't really necessarily give you a... Uh, a distinct, you know, humanoid figure. It kind of already has that horror aspect from the general public. It's like, oh my gosh, is this what these people look like? Is this what this looks like? You know, it's just freaky because as of right now, this is the first time that they're seeing uh, extraterrestrial life. And um, I think we get it a little bit more later on in the minute when um, Superman uh, kind of gives up and goes to the military and then when the two ships come down when Feyre comes down to, to land they take the helmet off and it shows a close-up of um, Nathan Hardy where it shows her as, as like a as a regular female you know humanoid looking and he his mouth like drops he's like oh snap because I, I thought that they look like this crazy distorted figure that I saw on the TV I don't know it's just cool cool callbacks mm-hmm. no I think it was cool I, that exchange you're talking about between Perry and Lois, you know, you got to wonder if somewhere in the back of their minds they're like, this could have been our story. We, you know, I we had this story. If Perry's like, I had this story in my hands and I let it go. And, you know, they could have been the first to introduce extraterrestrial life on Earth. And because you got to think Lois is, like you said, you know, it's like, hey, that's that guy I was talking to. That's that guy I was hunting down. And, you know, you just wonder how earlier in the week, you know, we talked about when did Martha's view become Martha's view? Uh, you know, was it, did she regret or change anything? And here, you know, did Perry, does Perry regret not publishing the story, maybe? Or, you know, what, because I think once you realize, once he realized he would have had one of the stories of the century, he probably regrets not publishing it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Perry White is looking at Lois Lane like, "Thank God you didn't publish that story," because um, he didn't want. You know, like if they had published that story, they would have already have outed, uh, you know, Kal-El. and I think he didn't want to do that. And it's like now, if if they had done that, they they you know this. These people would have found him, would have taken him back into custody, and it's like, do, do you want to do that to someone? Do you want to take away their freedom? Like, this, like, they didn't run the story, like in my opinion, out of respect for you know, 
Kal-El as a person. And it's like, if you would have done that, um, like, you would have taken that person's freedom away. And it's like, so I think he's looking kind of like, yo, they're talking about that dude you're writing about. And thank God we didn't publish that because then we would we would have been the ones. Like, it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't be reflected back on as, like, um, we would have been the first to publish a story about extraterrestrial life but we would have been the ones who sold out kal and yeah. i don't think you know especially Lois lane she doesn't want that she doesn't want to be that person who, you know like that would have been that would really suck she would have been superman's like biggest enemy at that point because it's like look what you did you just sold that guy out and so i think thank god or they're thinking that like thank god that we didn't run with that story because that would have just ruined his life. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I can, I mean, again, that goes back to kind of a recurring theme. It, in the curse and beauty of this movie is all these moments you can kind of look at either way and make cases for it either way and not really know what, you know, like when we were talking about that's the look. That's the beauty of it. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things of the movie. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's, a, that's it's, a thing. That's it's a thing. there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's why opinions are great, yeah. right? It's right. the beauty of it. Um, so, let's see. He's right before he ends it. Let's see. Did we talk about everyone else? I'm just trying to make sure we covered all our bases. Um, yeah. So, I, um, the very last line that we get in this minute from General Zod's message message is that. Um, that Kalo is trying to hide among the human race and that um, he will look like you, but he is not one of you. Um, which I feel like, you know, has a double meaning. Because um, obviously he's not a human. But at the same time, he's, you know, this is a Clark or this is a person who's been trying to just be a normal guy. You know? It's kind of terrifying, though, at that as if, if another extraterrestrial life form were to say that there is uh, someone among you that looks like you but is not of you that's like you're looking to the guy that's next to you like are you an alien like what is what's going on here am i being bamboozled like it's just almost again it's like another horror aspect of it that it's just really good dialogue writing in my opinion um it seems kind of blatant and obvious duh because we know superman looks like a normal guy or whatever but to the general audience, to everybody else in the world, like you're you're looking over your shoulder, like oh shit, is, is someone right next to me an alien? What's going on here? That would have been cool to see as a, as a sh- I don't know. I, I know you can't put too much more into this film, but like maybe for if it was a comic book, it would have been nice to see like uh, I don't know mandatory. I don't know. People are doing like people are freaking out to like people are doing blood tests and like everyone's like ordered to like do something or like oh, maybe yeah. China like like a, a a real oppressive nation somewhere it's just like yo everyone's got to like do blood tests now like we're gonna, like we need to find out who's who and you know like that would have been kind of like like a panic attack would be cool to see and like in response to this message where they're just like we don't know if it's you we don't know if it's you so like everyone needs to like go see a doctor do an immediate blood test like it's required like we need to find out who like who it is 
people are like getting dragged out of houses or they're something. like it shows like the project the buildings where like it shows just the outside where there's just clothes and dressers and stuff being thrown out of the balcony what is that uh, children of men i think oh. is what it is it shows a scene where it's like they're raiding all like the illegal immigrants or whatever you want to call them in england and they're like just ransacking the the project buildings that they're in but yeah that would have been that yeah. would have been nuts I, I mean, I, anyway. I, I think Earth handles it, or that we see, with uh, a, a calmness, you know, because everyone's kind of looking around, waiting for, like, Ashton Kutcher to show up or something, because they're like, is this is this real? Or instead of just instantly <laughs> taking yeah. the streets and riding or whatever, they're, they, 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 they wonder if it's going to turn out to be some big prank or something. Um, I, well, we know that... America has its own way of dealing with the situation because then they start rolling out like FBI vans and stuff or like like Homeland Security starts rolling out and they're like I think rioting is probably the better yeah yeah well they don't riot in this film I know they don't riot in this film but if something like that happened right now us recording right there you know I'm gonna go set some trash cans on fire you are yeah absolutely with aliens about I'm getting out in there man I'm getting you're talking so you're telling me that if aliens show up your initial reaction is to act a fool? Yep. Yes, sir. I am writing. I am getting myself don't, a new I mean, TV. Don't, you're, don't give <laughs> extraterrestrial life a reason to think that we're stupid. Even though it's obvious, don't do that. Don't act a fool. Er- you haven't convinced me, man. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. That's, you just explain the human race. Or <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll do it and they'll be like... Uh- these fools are crazy. We need to just move on to another planet because there you they're go. too much. So you're doing it. I, I'm not justifying it, but you're doing it to to protect the human race, right? So that way, they, the aliens are yeah. like, "No, we don't want to mess with that." That's yeah. We they know karate. I know crazy. Yeah. Crazy always wins. Yeah. yeah. We said hi, and of they course. started breaking things. So. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I, I definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, Jesus. Um, and I certainly wouldn't do what, like, you know, like in Independence Day and World of Worlds, where they're like, let's, like, go and, like, throw Oh, a, that a, was dumb when they threw the party on the they roof. They throw parties yeah. and rallies and, like, well, you know how in, like, World of Worlds, like, the Tom, Cru- the Tom Cruise's one, where they, like, stand and, like... <laughs> Like they, what do they stand in like a cul-de-sac or something, and they look at the hole in the ground, and it's like, what are you doing? That was a yeah. lightning bolt, like a bunch of weirdos. Like leave. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, no, uh, I think Independence Day was the worst, where they went up at the top of the buildings and hold signs up. Take me, get out. Like don't no. What's go wrong go with be you, normal and go. You're talking about riot. They they got what <laughs> they got what they deserved. That's for for doing that. <laughs> oh my god. Everyone's crazy. People are crazy. Organized rallies are crazy. Why do you do them? <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's all I got out of this minute. What about you guys? No, that's that's all I can pull. There's some. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this week, <laughs> but we're gonna definitely uh give you the floor here, uh, Lance. And we kind of had some questions about maybe the first time you saw Man of Steel and what your overall opinion when you first saw it, or you know now in general. Uh, first time I saw Men of Steel, my roommate and I, we went, saw it, and I remember we got out of it, 
and we went, because uh, all of our movie theaters are next to bars here, and we went over and we had a drink, and she was like, wow, I really love that movie. It was great. And I looked at her, and I was like, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and Oh, that's funny. But she's, I mean, the exact opposite of nerdom. I mean, like, she sports, everything like that. And she's like, well, what's wrong with it? I said, well, Superman has three things that is in every iteration of the character. He takes the fight out of the city, he doesn't kill, and he does everything he can to save Kryptonian heritage. In this movie, he killed a fellow Kryptonian in the middle of a city in a fight. And that's, I mean, that's just the icing on the hate cake that I have for this movie. Um... I feel like a lot of the acting is kind of hammy. The script it was written in crowns, and <laughs> it's oh man. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so it's a great Superman movie for people who don't know who Superman is. And that's how I've pitched it forever. Like if you don't know anything at all about Superman, it is a great Superman movie for you. If you never plan on reading a Superman comic, go watch this movie. So you're saying if the movie was not called Superman or Man of Steel, you know, it didn't have any affiliation with the character Superman, uh, it it was probably like retitled something else and it was like a totally new superhero. Pretty good film? It served its purpose. It, uh, it was a popcorn movie, you know. Like, uh, um, I always talk about how pretty sure Zack Snyder went to the same school that Joel Schumacher and Michael Bay went to for film directing. Because uh, it's, hey, I'm going to go turn off my brain for two hours, watch some stuff explode, eat some popcorn, and just watch a movie. So if it wasn't Superman, if it was Ultraman or Destroy the City Man, it would be... A good popcorn flake. Destroy the City Man. I actually read every single issue of that. So. Yo, I have issue number one of Destroy Sweet. the City Man. Yeah. Um, but uh, we talking Ultraman, like Toho Pictures Ultraman? We talking like Japanese? No, I'm talking... Like DC Ultraman. Yeah, I'm talking Earth 2 Superman. So Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. I was... Okay, sorry. <laughs> Toho is built in my brain, so... Okay, I was thinking Ultraman, the... Yeah. Monster fighter, robot guy, yeah. not Jet Jaguar. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm um, talking uh, the Justice Syndicate, right? The, or yeah. Crime Syndicate. Yeah, Kryptonite, Crime Syndicate. Yeah, the yeah, Kryptonite three, snorting yeah. badass. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> um, I also think, like, so I feel like with Zack Snyder, like, the way he does this film with Superman and, and Dr. Manhattan, that he could do a, a really good silver, silver Surfer movie, I think, you know probably nail something like that but you know i i feel like um i don't i don't know this film makes me question a lot of things so i don't like like in the universe or like just values and stuff and so i I don't know i feel like i don't i I can't shut my brain off to this film or you know the sequel which uh you know those are my opinions and i'll save those for later but like (laughs) what what are your opinions about um you know the next film and 
there's another film called Suicide Squad, and then there's a Justice League and Wonder Woman film. What are your thoughts about those? Uh, well, first, I wouldn't call Suicide Squad a film, but we'll get back to that. hey um, <laughs> BVS. When they announced that Ben Affleck was Batman, I was, I was working for another website called Almost Nerdy at the time, and I was the only article on the internet that was pro-Ben. Like, I love Ben Affleck. Um, he's the only saving grace in BVS, I feel like. Uh, Lex Luthor is a drunk Riddler. He's not, I mean, sorry, Jesse Eisenberg is a drunk Riddler. He's not Lex Luthor. And because uh, it just, Lex Luthor is cold and calculating. Uh, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck saved BVS. Uh, Gal Gadot really serves no purpose. She could have easily picked up that spear. I mean, she didn't even break a sweat. She just got started fighting. Um, whoever made all those handy-dandy PowerPoint presentations with logos for the rest of the league, hey, thanks to that. Um, that's a, That scene is a mid-credit scene, and that's part of the problem with DC is in their spitefulness of not being Marvel with not having jokes, which they've already changed. If you've seen the Justice League trailer... Drunk Aquaman is making jokes in the in the Justice League, and they also said they weren't going to do mid credit and in credit scenes, which I I feel you know that's part of the fun of these movies is that little teaser of what's coming next. Um, so BVS super flawed movie, uh, the Zod to Doomsday, okay, that, that's kind of a nice little spin on the character of Doomsday. I I was actually one of the, again one of the few people that was on board with that, but not even going to get into the Martha thing because that's I, that's writing yourself into a corner and having no other way than the throwaway line to make them be go from trying to murder each other to being best friends so it's because uh, somebody did a thing where if Marvel would have done it um, it for Civil War because Cap's best friend is James Bucky Buchanan, and Iron Man's best friend is James Rhodes, Rhodey. They could have, you know, if that if Civil War would have been like, oh, your best friend's name is James? Okay, we're cool then. It wouldn't have worked, and it doesn't work in BVS. But I was super hopeful for the Batman movie uh, being written, directed, and produced by Ben Affleck. And now that he's not directing... Uh, I have no hope for it. Or, well, little hope for it. Suicide Squad, it was the the people that edited it, they had only done trailers up until then. And that's why we have the, yeah. the big intro. We have a big intro of Harley Quinn, a big intro of Deadshot, and then we have little intros of everybody, including another little intro of Harley Quinn and Deadshot. Uh, Joker is in it too much to be a cameo, but not enough to be a, pl a major player in it. Uh, the the one thing mm -hmm. I will give Suicide Squad credit for, because uh, like we were talking off mic, I can I try to find you know the good or appreciate something in everything. Uh, the way DC has handled magic, how they're just like, oh hey, here's yeah. magic. It's it's magic. It's a thing. Kudos to them for that. Um, yeah, because I agree with that. That that is one good thing. Um, Enchantress is not a major villain. Like she's she doesn't have that. Uh, Suicide Squad just super super flawed movie. Uh, one of the guys on our network, Colby, he loves it, but he's a huge Jared Leto guy, and I love 
Jared Leto, like, 30 Seconds to Mars, and Fight Club, and Della Spires Club. Uh, but Suicide Squad, Jared Leto, again, I respect what he's trying to do, but the studio got too involved. Uh, Wonder Woman that's coming out. I think Wonder Woman's day one numbers are going to be spectacular, but it's going to crash and burn after that because it still has enough Zack Snyder in it. And DC came out and said, we never had any backup plans for if our movies didn't succeed. They never had any plan Bs. And yes, their movies have made money, but they haven't made that Marvel money. You know, people have waited almost 100 years to see Batman versus Superman on screen. That movie should have made a bajillion dollars. And it didn't. And we don't need Batman's origin story again. That was 30 minutes of the movie wasted. And the fact that Batman, BVS and Suicide Squad have to have director's cuts for the movies to even make somewhat sense. Uh, and that that is hypocritical of me to say because anybody who says they don't like Daredevil, I say watch the director's cut. But it takes it from being a PG movie to an R-rated movie. So it is a completely different movie in Daredevil's sense. Um, Justice League, I, I, I don't know. One thing Zack Snyder wanted to do was the Injustice plotline which I'm all for. Uh, but now they're not going to let him do it. So, and you're just, let's see, what do you, you have Men of Steel, BBS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League. You're five films in, and I feel like they could justify a Flashpoint movie to reset things. Uh, mm-hmm. and just Or even, you know, a rebirth where it's a soft reset. Uh, it, the the fact that their comics right now are the best they've been in decades, but their movies are horrible. I just, I don't understand. So I am not a huge, I, I'm just, I, I can't even say that. Like, I'm just not a fan. I'll go see the movies and I'll give them a try because I want them to be good. I want people to see these movies, go into their local comic book store and pick up the books that are on the shelves and read them and enjoy them. But they're just, not good movies and I, <laughs> that's it's like uh kevin smith said like it's your duty as a comic book lover to go see a comic book film regardless of you know whether it's marvel or you know the this dc universe or like even the newest fantastic four film that came out was like he said like you know it's just you know as a comic book fan you need to always take the time to go see a comic book superhero film because at, you know I guess if at some point they're not doing well like maybe they all fall off pretty bad you know and what if studios just decide hey you know what we're just not going to make superhero movies anymore it's just been you know it's done then we don't get those anymore because we don't go see them so it's then we just have ourselves to blame for not seeing any new ones um uh, one thing I wanted to point out, I heard you mention like they don't do like uh, end credit scenes or anything. Uh, that comes from you can thank Christopher Nolan for that, where he said, "quote like um, that's not what good films do" or like something like that. You know, like uh, good films don't do end credit scenes. So it was almost like shots fired, almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exactly why. But that, they don't do those. But that goes back to I, I forgot what day this week we talked about it, but comics are 
second act, you know. Yeah, you have you create your character, but you never end your character's story because then they're done. And that's what these do is serve as a hey, this is what's happening next. This is what's coming soon. Uh, and so it, I mean, I would I would argue if you're going to do an extended universe, you need to have them just to help connect the dots and put the characters together. Um, you know, like we've said so many times that Zack Snyder really doesn't care about the fans. Like, at the end of the day, he doesn't. And uh, I would almost go as far to say that DC and Warner Brothers don't because if Marvel can make Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, if they can make movies like that and make them work and make the money they did and DC can't make Batman versus Superman work, I something is wrong in that picture there um i i think it's important though that um and i not just this franchise but franchise in general and i'm really thinking about another science fantasy you know that's owned by disney now that's really important um that it's important for directors or like the storytellers of of the universe to to not flinch uh you know, figuratively speaking, so that when there is kind of like criticism or a backlash about what you chose to do in a film or include in a film that don't, don't flinch from that. Like don't try to change gears yet. Because if like, if a story is not completed and we're, you know, we haven't seen the finished product yet, you know, like don't, don't, you know, try to just appeal to to fans quickly and you know like so like you know one of uh, one of the i don't know greatest filmmakers you should you could say like george lucas like he flinched yeah. with from from episode one to episode two he flinched and we don't know what episode two and episode three would have been had he had just stuck to his original plan uh, we don't know how things would have turned out uh, for better or worse and i don't want to see and i don't think that Zack Snyder has done it yet and like although we may not agree with what he's done so far we don't know what's going to happen well and I don't want to see uh, a filmmaker have to suffer because they have to abide by the criticism of you know certain people you know well but I mean they've they've already done that you know they took Zack Snyder off from being in charge of this universe and so now it's Jeff Johns is in charge of the universe uh, which that made me excited they when they were filming justice league they flew out all these people to see oh hey you know what we're doing this differently we're doing this uh we mentioned that they had the no jokes rule and now in bbs there were a couple of little subtle little jokes but in the trailer for justice league you like said you have aquaman cracking jokes and that's something that Zack Snyder's like we will never do this so I guess Zack Snyder is sticking to his guns as much as he can but if the people signing the paychecks I I don't know it's it's a slippery slope you know there's I'm all for artistic integrity uh but at the same time you can't bite the hand that feeds you either yeah Yeah. absolutely it's just there's some things that are just super studio involved that could be the make or break point of certain franchises and you know we get that in both these comic book franchises mm-hmm. um, 
it's just sometimes it's it's just a shame. But hey, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. We like to hate things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think no, those all you know, pretty spot on. Uh, but so if you if you enjoy DC, by all means, enjoy it. Uh, like enjoy it and have fun. Watch the movies. Enjoy the characters. You know, if you love Batman that has fifty caliber rubber bullets, go for it. And yeah, you know, because that, that you know that that's the beauty of fandom and comics and nerddom is, you know, hey, I may not like Frank Miller's run on Daredevil, but I love Daredevil, so I'm gonna read those issues anyway and. You know, it just it, it, love what you love and enjoy it. And if you love DC, go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't like these films, there's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if you don't like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So like, just don't hate on one particular franchise. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just in general for everybody. Like you don't. I mean, like I said, nerds love to hate things. You know, I love to hate things. We all Star love Wars to hate fans things. love to hate their own. Yeah, Star Wars but like it's just it like no sense, that's really. what kills the whole. It's just what kills it all in general. It's yeah. just like when they're when it's just split between you know down the middle of people that love it and people that hate it. Just yeah. love yeah. everything. And what you I, know, you know and, and I really you know I really am thankful that you're on this podcast and I love Absolutely. having having your opinion and I love that it's a different opinion than. You know, we've been trying to find more people who can explain why they don't like this universe so much. And what I like uh, a, a lot about you, Lance, is that because um, a lot of people, like, if they don't like something, they put a lot of energy into not liking something. Almost to the point where it's like, why do you put so much energy into not liking something? And it's like you you've done five days with us about talking about Man of Steel and like you don't you never really put energy into not you know finding something wrong in every single minute that we did and it's like you can find what works you can find what doesn't work and we can laugh about it, we can talk about you know how could it have been better and stuff and like you're you have a nice way of channeling channeling your energy in, into you know looking things differently and it's like yeah you don't like the dc cinematic universe much at all but it's like at least you don't you didn't go through you know overall like what four hours of just like at least you weren't just yelling at us yeah like this is terrible like this is why it's garbage and it's like that see like so i i enjoy that like i can respect someone's opinion for not liking something you know as long as like you know, it can validate it and they're not just putting energy into into so much hate and you know it's okay to not like this franchise we don't you know we're not gonna uh well, I'm gonna erase all this week's episodes. So. <laughs> okay, there this you go. This week disappeared. Sorry to waste your time. Uh, now, well, uh, uh, well, that's really nice, guys. Uh, I mean, I am super, super glad to be on this show, and that's one of the reasons I want to be on, is because, I, you know, it, but the way I looked at it, if people are, you know, all the people that listen to this, they enjoy DC, and they don't want somebody on here being like, oh, well, you like it, it's dumb, I, and I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's not for me, but. And, and here's why. But, you know, I can still see... And here's why, yeah. ...why people... I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time... I, you know, I mentioned Daredevil and how much I love Daredevil, the movie. But Biodome with Pauly Shore is one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> yes. And it is so yes, bad. Sir. It is so bad. <laughs> so, I, you know, I can't criticize... Unless if it's somebody... And that, that other franchise that we've kind of skirted around a little bit... You know, unless there's people just blindly following, 
And the same thing, and or blindly following or blindly hating, I, I don't, I can't get on board with that. But mm-hmm. you know, and that's with the DC. I respect because Marvel does have a formula, and there are people out out there who hate Marvel because they're like every movie's the same. They never have strong bad guys, blah blah. And I I disagree with that second statement a whole lot. I mean, because like Loki, mm-hmm. Zemo, everybody, they they actually have really strong villains, but. Yes, it is the same formula, but it works. And, you know, I would love nothing more than to, after Justice League comes out, you know, come back on here and be like, oh, hey, DC found their formula. And, they, and they're making movies, and they're not the Marvel formula, but, hey, it's working. And so now you have your DC movies that work and you love. And you know what? I don't, like, I don't hate them. I just just really don't like them. But I would love for nothing more, like I said, for these movies to be good and inspire people to go by the books and to talk about it and everything. And so, yeah, I, I yeah, that's, I try not to be, I try to be real optimistic because just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, yeah. Unless if it's and, Suicide uh, Squad said- and then maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait to to do that one minute by minute. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Um, but sure. I was going to say, I, I think I've mentioned this quite a few times before, but just uh, for anyone who's just now listening, um, like although I'm a super huge fan of the DC universe, DC comics in general, D- super DC fanboy, my favorite comic book superhero movie that I think is the best one film, uh, whatever you want to call it, is Winter Soldier. I think that's probably one of the the best well-made superhero comic book film so it's it's among my top three so um i think it's just well done um but well if you had to uh, i was just real quick i'm gonna say on that like if you go with me to my comic book store 99 percent of my pool list is dc titles because right now what marvel is doing in their comics is atrocious and it's not good. i'll back that one up mm-hmm. i'm like, right there with yeah you. we uh we said what we say is like marvel's someone was like yo marvel's nailing it with films and dc's not but dc's got comic books going right now and marvel doesn't which marvel just so. made an announcement that they are after secret war they are done with crossovers they are not doing crossovers they're they're changing everything up to make it like more traditional comics that we know and love. So I was excited about Resurrection, and then with Secret Wars I wasn't, but now I'm excited again. So I will be. I'll give Marvel a chance again. When DC did Rebirth last year, I picked up every mm-hmm. single title, every single title. Yep. They and yes, sir. out of those, the only one that I didn't go all because I'll give any book six issues. The only ones I didn't give six issues were Constantine and Blue Beetle, because I, I just couldn't couldn't get into them. But everything else, I gave at least six issues to, and a good majority of them are still on my pull list. So, yeah, I, I don't hate DC. I, I, I don't want to get any mail saying, oh, you hate DC. No, I just I'm not a fan of their movies, but I love their comics. There you go. It's uh, unfortunate you said that about Constantine, but I feel like just Blue Beetle is just like a cyborg clone. Yeah, I mean... Uh, well, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we uh, wrap up, uh, if you had to recommend Superman to someone, uh, what film, uh, comic book, show, this, that, and the other would you recommend to that person? 
Mm. Uh, that's that's a tough one. I mean, you just like. Do you, you have a personal favorite Superman book or or media? That you're just like, that you, yo, take this home and read it. I like, I would probably nah. give them. I mean, you can't talk modern Superman without All Star Superman, but yep, that is it's super super heavy on the mythos. So that I wouldn't that wouldn't be the first book I gave them. Uh, I'd probably go uh, maybe Birthright, probably for sure Superman for all seasons, um, Superman for tomorrow, and some of the stuff that's going on right now in Superman and Action Comics is some of the best Superman's ever been, um, and then Superman Red Sun is, is a personal favorite just to kind of show a little <laughs> different. <laughs> Uh, as far as movies and stuff, uh, I do love the old black and white George Reeve one. Uh, it just okay. depends on their stuff. I And I am one of the few people... I loved Superman Returns. I loved it because it was a continuation of the, the old stuff. I think it really just depends what demographic, who I'm talking to. You know, if it's somebody that likes a little bit campier Superman... I'm going to give them, you know, like Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, um, or Smallville, something like that. If it's somebody who know, at least knows a little bit about Superman, I'll probably give them Superman Returns because Kevin Spacey alone in that movie is Woo. is worth it. Which, side note, Brian Cranston should have been like Sluther. I love Jesse Eisenberg, but Brian Cranston should have been like Sluther. Um, it I, still happened. Yeah, it's, I mean, hey. Lex Lex Senior. Yeah, I'm a strong believer of that Lex, rumor. Lex Junior, or yeah, Alexander Luther Junior. Yeah, is how he's casted in Dawn of Justice. So, and they always talk about his father's company, and they keep talking about his father the whole film. So, I uh, never so know. There was a, there, there was a rumor. Yeah, <laughs> so I would probably go like I said, Superman, uh, all season Superman for tomorrow for comics, for movies I would do Superman Returns, and. Oh, uh, probably the old George Reeves stuff, like Superman versus the Mole Men, which was the movie yeah. that kicked <laughs> off the series. Um, yeah. And then as far as like other Superman stuff, uh, yeah, I, that's that'd probably be about it. I mean, I, the the modern stuff too, but the modern stuff with the whole rebirth and the uh, pre fifty two Superman is a little convoluted. So that. Round two would be new Superman stuff and all-star Superman. Good. Cool. All good. All all good items. Yeah, <laughs> wide variety, a huge palette. I own um, them all. I think you're the only one to include For Tomorrow, which is my favorite Superman yeah, story. First, yeah, the first time we've heard someone say For Tomorrow. <laughs> I so. love For Tomorrow. It is so um, underrated. Like that When I give it to people... I don't people, know why. Well, my thing is, if you read it as a whole, it works a lot better. Uh, instead of monthly in issues but that story uh brian azarello could have easily turned that into a three or four year story arc like each issue oh, yeah. could have been a six issue arc and he had to Absolutely. trim it down so much and i tell people like look at it that way imagine each issue as a six issue arc and all of a sudden you have one of the most epic superman runs of yeah. all time there was yeah there was so much going on in that book that, <laughs> yeah i'm just a huge Brian Azzarello fan, especially his new 52 run of Wonder Woman. I 
I completely am in love with that series. Um, but looks like we have to wrap up this week. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lance, for joining us this week. Thank you, guys. It's been a great time. I I love your opinion. I love that your opinion is different than ours. I'm completely accepting of it. it you know, I'm glad to have uh, you voice your opinions on our show. Uh, definitely, guys, if you're listening, definitely go check out everything that they got going on. If you love the Avengers, they, you know, they got a minute-by-minute podcast there that you can listen to, so definitely check that out. Um, but any final words, Lance? Um, just, again, thanks so much for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, it, it's amazing, you know, to kind of talk about the other side, as it were, for a little bit. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I hope when you guys get to Batfleck that uh, you'll have me back because I will I will totally ship out for, for Ben Affleck's Batman. I am a huge, like, like I said, huge Ben Affleck supporter. So if you want to hear me yeah. have a completely different tone and take on DC, we'll talk Ben Affleck. And so, but thank you so much. Uh, like I said, if you're out there, look us up to Night Nerd. We have a show seven days a week. So, like I said, always something. Um, we're always out there. Love to hear from you all. Uh, and I, again, I cannot reiterate how great it has been this week being on this show. Thank you guys from, from the bottom of my heart and the top of my microphone. It's been wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, listeners, if you're listening, we also have some other podcasts in case you're interested for some more cool stuff, but it's not comic book related. We have Stellar Dynamics, which is the ultimate encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush. And we also have Honey Hold My Beer, which is just a podcast, which is two gals sharing craft beers and odd stories. Uh, don't forget to leave us a great review on iTunes and we'll read them out on the podcast for your enjoyment. And we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.